0: On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with my good friend, James, and we dive into some really cool things. He really goes into his three rules of life, and that's a big part, and we also discuss um, our money and our mindsets around money and, and how we can utilize our money, what we really need in our life to, to create happiness, and, and how we can impact others using the power of money, but really a powerful conversation. You're going to love his three roles. Um, there are some, some curses be prepared, um, in today's episode. So if you got kids around, um, you know, turning down the volume, put your headphones in. Um, but you're going to love this episode. So let's dive in, but first the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Monatovis, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. We are back and I am excited bringing you another awesome guest. So um, before we get in, I just, um, this particular individual is a fellow San Diegoan, and I'm hoping that uh, you and I can connect um, in person as things start to, to settle down a little bit. But it's always really cool to, to meet new people in the area as I'm a newbie in the area. So appreciate you uh, welcome me in and welcoming me in and also having me on your show. So without further ado, please introduce yourself.
1: Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks all for tuning in. My name is James Sias. I am, uh, oh, geez, what am, what do I, I do a bunch of different things. First of all, I um, manage an insurance office. That's my main gig. Uh, but as far as uh, where Nick and I met, uh, he was a guest on my show, The Insurance Bro Show. So I have a podcast that's all about insurance. And uh, Nick was uh, kind enough to jump on and, and teach us about marketing and generating leads and doing all kinds of fun stuff.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. I had a ton of fun on your show. Um, you guys definitely should check it out. Um, and the links will be in the show notes for you to, to see. Uh, it's really cool, like super engaging. And I'll, I'll include the episode I was on too. Um, it's on my site. You can um, check it out. Super engaging, super fun. Like put clips in. Um, so a lot of fun. Um, so real quick, though, tell us like, how long have you been doing your podcast or been in this entrepreneurial
1: world? The entrepreneurial world. uh, I would say I've been here for 17 years. Uh, Long, long history there, a little bit of a history there. Um, Back in 2003, my brother and I bought our first house together. Uh, We were 19 and 20 years old, so super young. Uh, We got gifted some down payment money from our parents uh so yeah definitely helped us to to get in there and within about six months of uh buying that house i lost my job i was a cable guy and uh, i decided to take my work truck off-roading flipped it wrecked and uh they were like yeah we're 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 done with you I love your face right now. You're like, holy crap. (laughs) It's a great way to start the show. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, immediately, you know, we had to to figure out what I was going to do for work. Now, as a cable guy, I was going to people's houses and I was installing high speed internet. It was, you know, pretty new at the time. We're 2003, right? Everybody was still in the middle of switching over from dial up to high speed internet to, to cable, cable internet. So I was going to people's houses and, and and setting them all up. So our first business was, let's go to people's houses and fix computers. Sounded like a great idea. And, uh, you know, the first thing that my brother and I did was uh, start advertising. We would go on our rollerblades. and tell you how old this was, right? Uh, on our rollerblades, house to house, dropping off door hangers. And, you know, these door hangers were pretty good. You know, we got some business going people needed help uh and uh got a great idea from my dad to add stickers on the bottom of those door hangers so that they could take the sticker off and put it on their computer throw the door hanger away keep the sticker so as we, as we grew, you know, we, we, or as we kept doing this, we grew, uh, our advertising efforts grew. We ended up uh, putting an ad in like the penny saver and we, you know, saw a bunch of growth and it was really, really good. We brought on a couple of employees. I developed the system on how to pay them, you know, based on the amount of work that they were doing, which is something that I learned while I was working as a cable guy. Um, and so like all of these different things that we're doing and, suddenly you know we're we're we have an office, we have a shop uh we have employees we've got like all of this overhead we've we've de- we've committed to uh you know year long uh advertising campaigns and these different uh yellow pages and and we've done radio ads and we've done all these different things, but the business just plateaued it just like it hit as high as it was gonna go, and we couldn't figure out how to get it to the next step or I should say we weren't willing to put in the real work required to get it to that next step we were 20 years old 21 years old you know we were busy partying and having fun with our friends and you know doing all these things we didn't really want to put in that that extra effort Um, and so we saw that plateau we saw it going on and then I got my heart broken by a girl And I was like, F this, I'm out. I'm joining the Navy. And I left my brother holding the bag.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this is all uh, between 2003 and 2005 that all of this is happening. Um, 2005 was when I, you know, signed some paperwork. And by January of 2006, I was on a bus headed to uh, Chicago for boot camp. from 06 to 2013 was the time that I spent in the Navy. Um, and during that time, my brother was back home. First of all, he went bankrupt. He learned uh, that Uncle Sam was wanted his cut of our profit. Uh, he didn't know anything about taxes. He didn't know anything about, uh, you know, all of the things that we had committed to. He didn't know anything about fixing computers you know, all of these different things, bottom line, you know, we, we, he ended up shutting down that business and, uh, and through that process, uh, he, he went broke. He went broke. Wow. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) So you're in the Navy when this is happening and, and he's just like struggling this, were you still talking with him? Was he telling you about this stuff or are you pretty separated?
1: we were pretty separated um you know boot camp and and uh, a school well especially boot camp like no cell phones right like we couldn't communicate the only way i could communicate was to write him a letter um and bastard never wrote me one back no <laughs> <laughs> um i mean I, I, I i'm pretty sure i wrote him a letter i don't even remember but um that's the only way to communicate, uh, from, for those eight weeks. Then I go to Florida for my training school. That was another like 17 weeks or something like that. Um, and I had my cell phone. So like we're talking, but you know, he's going through a bunch of different things, figuring things out. Um, and like, you know, one thing I can say is that money did not like separate us. Money was not the thing that was going to end our relationship. You know, it can definitely be something, you know, when, when you mix money and family, that can be a a huge issue. Uh, but for whatever reason, you know, my brother was like, eh, whatever it happens. We'll figure it out. And, you know, just do my bro.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so this process happens. Okay. You know, you had the house with them. Um, you know, you're going through all of this, what was the next step in you
1: starting the business that you have now, or was there another business in between? He had several businesses in between. He has built um he, he he's done a lot of things he did uh, a video game truck he started a cleaning company he tried to stay with the computers thing and and did a couple of things there that you know didn't totally work out uh he He did a lot of building. Businesses building networks, uh, keeping in touch with with people that could help him later on. Um, but me, I was just in the navy, you know, sailing off into the world and and you know, doing all these things that I was doing over there. It wasn't until I got out of the navy, I came back, and you know, through the story that I just told you, you understand that I have a little bit of like this guilty conscience, right, conscience. Um, my brother doesn't hold me to it. Right. He's, he's great. He doesn't hold me to it, but here I am like, nah, bro, I owe you. Like I screwed you over. I a hundred percent owe you. So when I came back from the Navy, I knew that he and I were going to do business together. My last year in the Navy, we bought another property together in Texas. Um, it was a good cash flowing property that we, you know, just paid cash for. Uh, and it was, it was really good, you know, like we were kind of like, okay, we're, we're getting back into this, getting back into this. And then, you know, like I said, I came back and he had developed a network uh, of, of business partners. And one of them owned the insurance training school here in San Diego to help people get licensed. So he's like, uh, so what's your plan? I said, well, I'm gonna go to school and the GI bill and is going to pay me like a couple grand a month. So I'm not too worried about money. Like that's it. He's like, okay, cool. We're starting an insurance agency. I said, we're doing what? (laughs) 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 So we're going to start an insurance agency. I said, Oh, okay. All right. I owe you. This is what we're doing. Cool. So he puts me in touch with, uh, with his business partner. I get in there, get uh, licensed right away, uh, start in school all at the same time. And within about eight months, uh, we came across an opportunity to buy a book of business. Uh, so an insurance agent that was with the company was like, I don't wanna do insurance anymore, I'm gonna go do something else. Does anybody wanna take over? And we're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. So we paid him some money, took over his office and the learning curve right there, that's where it hockey sticked, man. That's where it really accelerated. I had to figure out a lot of things really fast. Um, and through all of that process was actually where I learned what my strength is, which is developing systems, procedures, and processes. So, the first thing I did when I got in there was write down start to finish how to write an insurance policy. You know, I ended up, it's, it's now a 10 step process that I teach to all of my agents. So the 10 steps to writing insurance and this is our baseline. This is our foundation. This is how we do everything. It builds from here. Um, And then over the years, you know, started building it this way, made some mistakes, got smacked down. Um, We, we almost, we almost lost everything. We had uh, one company that we were working with uh, that was like the biggest company uh, that we had access to, and we ended up building a book of business that was worth about three million dollars in premium. And the problem with that was they, you know, they were earning three million dollars a year in premium, but they were paying out three and a half or four million dollars a year in claims. Not so, good. Not good. Not good at all. So when the insurance company starts losing money, they don't want to do business with you anymore. So we had to go back again to the drawing board and figure out, okay, well, where did we go wrong, right? What can we do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And again, it was systems, processes, procedures. What do we have to do? So the 10 steps is great. Now let's build it out into a functioning team that's going to make sure that all of the business is getting written properly so that we don't get smacked down on the back end.
0: Oh my gosh. Totally getting thrown into it. Having to like figure things out, you know, how, how important is like that ability? I mean, cause to me, that is an ability, you know, you were able to get thrown in the situation, have to figure it out. And then, you know, successful. And then also then getting thrown more curveballs, having to figure that out. Like, have you noticed a trend with this, like your <laughs> your skill set, not just in creating systems, but also in, in figuring
1: things out? Go with the flow, man. Go with the flow. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess that's a skill. Um, you know, I, I guess I look at it in this sense. There's, You can do one of two things, right? You can fight against it or you can accept what it is and figure out how to make it work. My brother will put it to you this way. He'll say... Once you know the rules to the game, then you can master the game and be an expert, right? He'll, he'll tell the story about the first time we play Monopoly. You suck at Monopoly because you don't know what the rules are. You don't know what the game is, right? But by the 10th time you play and now you know the rules, you're going to be a lot better at it. I mean, of course it's all down to the dice and whatever, but, but still, you know, the rules, you have a chance to win when you know the rules to the game. So it's the same kind of thing for me, like with life, you know, life is going to throw curveballs. life is going to give us things that we don't expect. And, uh, you know, during my years in the Navy, the first two years, I fought against the Navy. I mean, I had gone from being a 19, 20 year old businessman, right, owning my own company and, and having people that work for me telling them what to do and all this stuff. And I joined the Navy. I'm 22 years old. I got this 19 year old kid telling me what to do because he's been in the Navy for three years already. Right. Or I'm sorry, 19 years old. He's two years, but still like he has more experience than me, you know? And so like I fought against all of it. I was like, no, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm my own boss. I'm whatever, whatever, whatever. The moment that I gave that up, the moment that I stopped fighting against it and just conformed and said, okay, these are the rules of the Navy. I need to follow these rules in order to excel, in order to get better, in order to have an easier life, right? All of a sudden, the Navy became the easiest job in the world. All you have to do is show up on time, have a squared away uniform, and do what you're told. That's all you got to do. If you can do those three things, like you're golden, do 10% more, and you're like a top sailor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so simple, breaking it down. I love that. And, you know, you're talking about like the rules of, of life, you know, in playing the game, the rules of the game, once you understand the game, then you can better play the game. Um, and I love that aspect. Would you say that you have some core rules to the game of life now through the experiences
1: (laughs) that you've had? So I had three rules, uh, that have since changed. Um, my three rules in, in, in my young adulthood and I would say that I've kind of let go of these rules even though they still apply and mostly the reason why I've let go of them is because they're kind of pessimistic uh, and I don't want to I don't want to live pessimistically but my three rules is it okay if I curse on, on your show sure yep Absolutely. Sure. all right so rule number one fuck it all it's easy like rule number one is fuck it all it, it, like nothing really matters we are on a floating rock in the middle of space, trillions upon trillions of light years away from God knows what, like we're a tiny little speck. Like it's really not that big a deal. Nothing is, right? So enjoy life. Do what, it what, <laughs> goes on to rule number two, do what works until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> right? It's like, this is fun. This is great. Oh, I don't like that anymore. You know what? I'm moving on to this. Right? Navy was cool. Navy was fun for a few years, but you know what? That's that's not where I wanted my life to go. It worked, and now it doesn't work. So I'm moving on to something else. Yeah, then-
0: yeah, I love it. Before we get into to three, because I'm, you know, that's great. And I love like with two. It's so funny because that's something that's often fought is like something's not working, and you just keep trying mm-hmm. so hard like to make it work, and it ends up causing you more pain. Trying to force this thing that's not forcing. And it's just, I love that.
1: that. <laughs> anyway, that's not working. All right. Well, let's not do that anymore. You know? I mean, and rule number three is simple. On to the next thing. That's Hold it. On. Three simple rules. Fuck it all. Do what works until it don't work no more. On to the next thing. And like I said, it's a little pessimistic, right? It's it it's it's got a little bit of a uh what's the word that I'm looking for? It starts with the C uh i'm not gonna think of it. it it always escapes me when i'm trying to figure it out but
0: yeah i mean i understand what you're saying i don't know if it it's an interesting concept that i don't know if i see it as fully pessimistic cynical yeah oh cynical there you go that's yeah. the word well it is a but to me they're like action items mm-hmm. so like i don't see them as like negative action items um you know, there's certain levels where like this type of mentality and mindset can be super beneficial. Um, particularly the first one, which I do love, you know, <laughs> um, because so, I don't know, have you ever read the book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck? Yes. Yes. Yep. So That's like, to me, like, that's like the book to read if you like tip number one.
1: Um, yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. Cause that's like exactly what that book is about. It's kind of just like, we need to stop caring so much about all these little things. Like we worry about all these different things that come up in our life. Oh my God, this happened. Oh my gosh, this happened. And you know, it's like, just like, fuck it all. It's fine. Just like, don't worry about it. To me there is an optimistic aspect about that because the way you're framing it is like, all right, well screw everything. And when you screw everything, well then everything's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's you take a lot of the weight or I took a lot of the weight off of my shoulders with that rule. It's like, you know what? It, it doesn't really matter. Like in the long run, in the big grand scheme of things, like one of, one of my favorite uh, books as a, as a youngster was uh, don't sweat the small stuff Mm. and it's all small stuff. And one of the little tips in that book was, is this going to matter in 50 years? If you look back on your life 50 years from now, are you going to remember this thing that you're stressing about right now? If not, then fuck it. <laughs> Why worry about it? Yeah. And that's amazing because when you think
0: about it, the most of the things that stress, stress us out, we're not even going to remember like the next week. Right? And yeah. so to frame it in like 50 years, it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm definitely not going to remember that at all
1: definitely not and i think Most there's a the time
0: yeah and i think there's a flip side to this too in that like there's certain things that um maybe that you that you want to do or and that you're like not doing because you're worried about something mm-hmm. and it's like are you uh, 50 years from now are you gonna regret not doing it or are you gonna regret right. that you tried and it didn't work you know yeah like, to me that was a big thing for me like with moving to California was that I knew that I would 100% regret not at least trying it, you know, giving it a shot, seeing what happens, you know, you can always, you know, my family and friends are super supportive. It's like, well, you can always just come home, you know,
1: worst case scenario, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah but so many people have these things in their head. Like they want to start a business. They want to move to another country. They want to travel. They have all these things, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, but they're not willing to, to just try it and see what happens. And yeah, I think there's a, a more mentality of like, fuck it. There's a lot, things will move (laughs) a lot quicker.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm sure you've heard this before. You know, if you go, if you go to uh, a, a retirement community, you go to an old folks home, Right. What do they talk about? They talk about the things that they, what what do they talk about that they regret is the things that they didn't do. Right. And that's always, you know, I I always come back to that. I would want to live my life. First of all, authentically, right. It's, it's gotta be me. It's gotta be for me. Um, And it's gotta be true to me and true to me means doing the things that are important, the things that I will remember. 50 years from now. Love living that. without regret.
0: Yeah. Being true to your to yourself. I love that. That's super powerful. And it's such a, I love that you bring up the the, the old homes example, because I feel like that's such a powerful thing. And obviously right now you can't really like, uh, you know, do that in the, the senior care <laughs> industry is yeah, struggling yeah. And, it, and it will Don't never be the same. But um, nonetheless, maybe you could do some virtually, or if you have grandparents, you know, that was something yep. that I actually asked my grandfather, um, before he passed away and also kind of before he got like two, hit had Parkinson's. So he was kind of like mm-hmm. starting to lose it. But one of the things that I asked him was like, do you, do you have any regrets? And at first he kind of said no, which I think is a great thing to like not have regrets in life. And then the, then he kind of changed and he said, well, I wish I was a little bit more uh, better in shape because then I wouldn't have fell. And when he fell, then he was like in and out of the, the hospital. So it was almost more of a, a recent thing, but you know, here's a guy, he was a family man. He traveled the country He moved to where he wanted to, you know, so it makes sense for him to like not have these regrets. He had an mm-hmm. amazing life. There's documentation everywhere. There's tons of photos. There's, there's tons of things. He's, nice. you know, he's had that, that life, and so it's like, all right. Well, ask yourself again, you know, the rocking chair test. Have you ever heard of that? Um, I haven't. So that I forget, I forget where I learned this or where I heard this from. But it's basically like the rocking chair test. In like when you're sitting in a rocking chair, are you gonna be, you know, happy with where you are and the decisions that you made? So very similar mm-hmm, to what mm-hmm. we talked about, but giving you more of that visual as an older person sitting in that rocking chair.
1: I like that better than thinking about being on my deathbed. (laughs) I love that. Just like looking over this, this landscape and just rocking back and forth and rocking back and forth and just thinking, did I do enough with my life? Did I, did I satisfy everything? And if not get off your ass and do it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and to me, there's like, there's no age for that either. You know, I want to die at 102 jumping out of an airplane. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to be like, you know that what? Already? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I've planned my entire life. Like you have no idea. Um, but yeah, 102. And I'm just gonna be like, you know what? I, I, I think this is it. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, get on an airplane and I'm going to not pack a parachute and I'm just going to go out with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's an aggressive way to go out at 102. Yeah, I mean at 120 miles an hour at least too. You know, just like I don't know. I that sound that sounds fun. Like that sounds like the way to go. Like the biggest thrill of my life at the end of my life.
0: Well, there's something to be said about going out that way because you're kind of going out um, on your own terms in a in a an extent. Yeah, but it's also hard to say like you know when you're 102 because the way I see it. And also I love that you said 102, because I always say like, I'm going to live till I'm a hundred, um, you know, like, and especially like in our, you know, age demographic, like people are living a lot longer, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Yep. I mean, there's like people surviving COVID right now that are like 103, which is pretty awesome. Yeah.
1: I saw yeah. that one. I saw yeah. that one. That's it's crazy. Amazing. Um, yep.
0: But, but it's so like, if you have a family, um, you're going to want to spend as much time as possible with you, you know, with your family, mm-hmm. even towards like, yeah. That's something that's come up for me a lot is like what's the most important thing, you know? Like, yeah, I want to build a an awesome business and I wanna do all the things in my business and and but it's at the same time, like if I'm just spending all this time working and I'm not living my life, I know mm-hmm. I'm gonna regret that also. I'm not gonna regret being like, man, you should have worked a little harder, you know? Yeah. Like I just don't see that as a regret for me. I think it's gonna be more like I don't want to just be like doing things head down and not just like smelling the roses,
1: you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, you think about the work that it takes to become a billionaire, for example, right? How much time does Elon Musk spend at his work? You know, how much time uh, does Jeff Bezos spend at his work? You know, like to be, that rich to have that kind of money like how much time has been spent I mean I don't know that they spend that much time now right you know but like that's a lot that's a huge huge effort from what it seems like to me to to get these companies to to where they are Um, and I'm not so sure that I want to put that kind of effort like I'm not so sure that 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 I want necessarily to be a billionaire, uh, but you know, for me, I'm <laughs> my my brother and, and his business partners they they call me a socialist because I kind of am a little bit. Um, but like I I feel like as as I'm I, I'm a capitalist, you know. I'm I'm all about you know everybody making money as as much money as they possibly can. But you know I love that line from Forrest Gump where he's like there's only so much money a man needs. The rest is just for showing off. And it's like, to me, there's only so much money that I really need. And the rest, like, I want to find ways to just help people as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's just like going to a restaurant and I have like this really awesome waiter and he's got like this, this dream that he tells me about. And I'm like, here's the thousand bucks, you know, tip for whatever that dream is. Like, I would love to be able to do that. I I have, like, I imagine going to a bar with all my friends. I love to do karaoke, right? And, like, going to the karaoke bar and going to the bartender and be like, you see this table? Like, everybody over there? Okay. So they're not paying for any of their drinks tonight. Keep, you know, treating them like if they are, you know, don't let them know. But, like, when when the end of the night comes and they're getting ready to leave, tell them their bill's already been covered. And then put it all on my tab. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to do stuff like that. Like, like n- unexpected things where, where I just, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't need a ton, but I want to have enough to like, just freely give and spend.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's similar. So like, um, you know, you, the Forrest Gump line, like, oh, we don't have to worry about money no more. It's like, oh, yep. well, that's good. One last thing. And like, that's exactly where I'm at too, is like, I don't need to be a billionaire. I just want to not have to worry about money. Yep. That's like, that's my goal, you know? And again, like, is it good to maybe put a number on that? But the ironic thing is that like the happiness spectrum is like statistically proven that you like only need $70,000 a year to be happy, you know? And then everything else above that is like basically gravy.
1: Yeah. I I think I've read that somewhere too. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: it's like, okay, like that's the very achievable goal to be super able
1: super achievable. Yeah. In-
0: yeah, exactly. And I look at like, you know, I look at that my parents and they weren't millionaires, you know, but mm-hmm. the thing is both my parents were basically at like every single one of my sporting events. Yep. My dad coached my baseball team all through growing up. And then even later on, um, you know, in high school. So it's like, That to me is like the most important thing. And when I was, you know, as I'm building my business, one thought process that I've had is, you know, when you, when some, sometimes people saw how much time I was committing to building the business, especially in the beginning, you know, when you're working 40 hours a week for a job as a side hustle and you're trying to build your business on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, like that was, was a lot tougher where people are like, Oh my gosh, you're working so much. And it's like, well, yeah, but the goal is to get to a point where I can work wherever, which will then free me up to be able to spend as much time as I want with my yeah. family that I hopefully eventually, you know, build.
1: Yep. Absolutely. I mean that that's the difference between building something where you're self-employed versus building an actual business, right? Like for me it's always about building a business where i create jobs for people who want jobs you know if you're a person that wants to be employed if you're a person who wants to earn a specific dollar amount per hour like i want to create a system where you can earn a specific dollar amount per hour but me i don't want my my income to be based on how much time i spend in the office mm-hmm. like i want I want to be able to leave the office, leave my business, go travel. Like I, one of these days, I want to hike the uh, the PCT, right? Pacific Coast Trail, Pacific Crest Trail. Um, it's like a three month venture, three month three month adventure, right? If you if if you do it, you know the way that it's that it's uh, been done in the past, and I want to be able to disappear and do that. And then when I come back, my business is still functioning and maybe even better, like once I got out of everybody's way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know? because
1: that's exactly
0: it, you know, and I couldn't agree more, you know, in, in building a business is like when you are consistently trading time for money, then you don't have like the business that you're really seeking. You're just basically an employee in your own business, mm-hmm. you know? I think that, that to me, and, and that's like, I love, you know, being in the business that I'm in with like courses and, and, you know, selling programs and helping people with education in their marketing, you know, there's a level of, of that aspect where you could just like make money in your sleep. You know, yeah. I was like last week I was out on off golf course and just like my watch is going off with sales that I'm making. Ding, like ding, the, ding, that's. That's the dream, you know. <laughs> like make Absolutely. money when you're not working. Um, you know, it's such a powerful thing. Now, I do want to come back and circle back to something that you that you mentioned that I think is like even a bigger, more important message that you shared, which is like giving back and mm-hmm. really being able to have that type of to money to give back. Cause I've had the same thought. I actually have a goal to donate a hundred thousand dollars to children's hospital of Philadelphia. Nice. Um, and I think that like having something like that, you know, again, like being able to have a hundred thousand dollars that you can just like give to a charity, um, or an organization is incredible, you know? And the thing is like money can create impact. So there is a level, even though we've talked a lot about like, you don't need money, it's not that important, but there is a level too. is like, if you can build it in your business, you can create a greater impact by
1: using money
0: of what it is which is a tool. Right.
1: Yeah, no it's absolutely true. Um so you know to that point yeah like I personally only need a certain level of income. Right? And my number by the way is 30,000 a month. Right? I we my brother and I or I I set that number. He he copies me. He admits it now. <laughs> we had that conversation this weekend. Um, but thirty thousand a month, which is only three hundred and sixty grand a year, like, uh, what is it the 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 Biden tax plan that everybody's you know talking about? It's like if you make over four hundred thousand, then you got to worry about the di- Biden tax plan. Well, I want thirty thirty thousand a month. That's not even the four hundred thousand a year. So like, I'm still not going to be worried about the tax plan. <laughs> but have you ever tried to spend? 30,000 a month.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy to think about trying to spend that much
1: money. So I actually played this game. I actually like created a spreadsheet and put $30,000 in this fake bank account. And then I paid all of my normal bills. And then I just went and like bought whatever I wanted. Right. I, I like, we're at the store and my wife sees a dress and she wants to buy it. And I'm like, cool, 200 bucks, whatever. You know, we just buy it because it's there. I see a shirt that I want and I just buy it. And you know, like just spending freely in this fake bank account, right. Buying stuff for, for my nieces and nephews, buying like just whatever I want. And by the end of the month, there's still another like $12,000 left. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like I, I I just spent like as much money as I wanted. Okay. Well, I guess in this fake world uh, we should go to Disneyland and we'll take your brother and we'll take, you know, like eight different people and we're going to stay in the best hotel at Disneyland, like the grand uh, the the American grand hotel or something like that. Uh, And we're going to stay in like the best room and we're going to do this for five nights. And of course we're going to pay for all the meals and like everything. Holy crap. I still have like $5,000 left. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's quite a bit of money, right. To try and, and actually spend 30 grand a month. It's, it's a great game that, uh, that I played. And I mean, I, I went probably three or four months of playing this game. And then like, I ended up, you know, like in that fourth month, I couldn't spend the entire 30,000 the month before. So here I am now, I got to spend like 45,000 and I'm like, well, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do with that money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's like a level two is like, all right, well, you know, the people that are making that kind of money, the smart people, are just constantly reinvesting in that money, and then you're yes. just making more money. I for, I forget who, who said this stat, but it was like Bill Gates. Like if he sees like a hundred dollars on the ground, it's actually like it actually costs him more money to pick it up because his time is like that valuable that it's like not worth his time
1: to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's that person that makes like thousands of dollars a second. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Off of his already existing money. You know, that's why they say like, you know, the rich get richer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's
1: But he's a perfect example, right? He spends a lot of his money. He takes a lot of his money back and gives back uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, He's got a bunch of things that he's passionate about. Of course, for me, it's, it's solving homelessness, for you, it's the children's hospitals. For me, it's solving homelessness. Like that's really something that I want to do at some point. Last year, uh, my brother and I we did a, a shoe drive, you know, and uh, we collected 365 pairs of shoes. It, you know, it wasn't much, um, but you know, it's it's a little something that we were we were able to to give back, and um, and to me, that's where that's where my heart is when it comes to to giving back. It's how can I help these people that are i mean who chooses to be homeless some do there are some people out there that choose to be homeless but a lot of people become that way because of you know extenuating circumstances like things that they've been through mental health that you know they they have trouble controlling and you know everywhere that they've gone they just they can't quite make it they can't quite figure it out so there's there's a lot of a lot of things that uh, cause homelessness and there is no one answer, but like, that's, that's what I would do with my time and energy.
0: That's awesome. That's a great, that's a great message. Great, you know, way to, to give back and super impactful. And and we all have the opportunity, you know, I think, I, I like to think that we all have something that we would like to, to be able to to give back to you. I'm glad you answered that question. That was a question that I'd popped up in my head. I wanted to ask you if you, if you had a particular, um, cause and that's cool that you actually did a shoe drive, you know, already making it happen.
1: Yep. Yep. My mom, uh, up in LA, she, uh, she manages a food bank and uh, right before Thanksgiving she told me that they for the first time uh, they ran out of food they they gave away so much they helped like 525 families that week so it's it's crazy she she grew when she took over that uh when she first took over that uh food bank I think they were serving like 300 families a month or something like that now it's three to 400, even 500 families a week. So wow. and she, she organized that my mom's a saint. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: So cool. And it is interesting, you know, to, to circle back to like talking about the Bill Gates, cause it, there's the Bill Gates and uh, Bill and Linda Gates foundation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if you saw, there's a documentary at, on Netflix talking about Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett, as an investor, I mean, this is a guy who's like he's somewhat of like a. He's not someone that really like splurges with his money, right? know, he was somebody that the more money he had was more that he could invest with, so he was very cautious about like where he spent his money. And his wife, who I think ended up actually being his ex-wife, um, and if I recall correctly, but where I was getting was eventually towards his older age, Warren Buffett ended up making one of the largest donations, I think in history to the bill and Linda Gates foundation of, I think it was like $9 million or something like that.
1: Who knows? Yeah. But it's like,
0: he felt like he was making up for, I think lost time and not giving back. Mm. Because his wife at the time was always like, We have all this money, we could do so much more, we can help more people. And he wasn't necessarily doing that. Now I'm sure he's done some charities and stuff, but again, you gotta watch the the documentary. But you know, it just goes to show you though, like that type of money can make such a max massive impact, and you know, whether you do it now or wait. Um, but you know, we can start making an impact now, even just from small degrees, you know, tipping your tipping your bartenders and the people that you see. Um, you know, I love that you use that as an example. Like somebody has got a dream and you're just like, here's a thousand bucks, you know, like that's something like you don't need to be making 30,000 a month to be able to potentially do that. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on what, how much you're giving, giving like, you know, complete stranger. Um, but it's a cool thing. You see professional athletes, like do that kind of stuff. I think I saw something recently that um, professional athlete gave like a $950 tip to, yeah. To somebody.
1: Yeah. I mean, when when you, if you have it, why not? You know, not everybody does.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of times we often make like judgments about whether or not somebody needs something or this and, and that. And, and then, and I'm bringing up this example in regards to like tips. Like, mm-hmm. so like I, the reason why I brought that up was because I was, recently i I went to get um i wanted to get my tires filled before i drove from arizona to san diego and so my friend was like oh just go to this place like they give out free air you know and he made a comment he's like you know i tip him two dollars because you know i'm nice like that um <laughs> know, kind of, he's like joking but you know again it's like it's a nice gesture you know it takes takes the guy like five minutes to do yeah so i get there and i'm pulling up and i'm like all right well I open my wallet and I'm like, I don't have singles, and so then when I'm like pulling up, I'm like, is that an excuse? Like, really? Like you don't have singles to be able to tip somebody something? And Mm -hmm. so again, I made it a point. And again, it's like I'm kind of explaining like my thought process because I was I was thinking about like not tipping him because I didn't have two dollars. But What a like lame excuse that is. And I so I asked him. I was like, hey, do you got change? Like I got a ten you know, do you have five? And then he's like scrambling, you know, in his pockets trying to find like five bucks and he's like dropping money. And he's like, Oh, oh I think I got like, and I'm like, how much you got there? He's like, I got four. I'm like, that's fine. You know, Close I'll take, take, yeah. I'll take four back. <laughs> got a $6 tip. And he, 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 there's a certain energy like in his response of being like, thank you, sir. You know, like there was just, there was something different when you make that kind of gesture that you can even hear. And in my case, I I almost like you feel that energy that he was appreciative of that gesture, even though like it was six bucks, like that's like a sandwich. Yeah. We, we, we get caught up in our own minds and like how easily we can make an impact, you know, by doing small gestures like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I I love this meme that I saw not too long ago. It's like um what it means to shop small business and somebody posted, you know, they were selling something on Etsy or something like that, who knows? And somebody spent fifty dollars to buy, you know, a collection of their of their goods. And, you know, they're like, oh my God, whoever just spent fifty dollars on my Etsy stuff, thank you so much. That's my groceries for the week. Right? Like, what's 50 bucks to to me, you know is is so much more to somebody else what's six bucks to you could be so much more impactful for you know whoever that other person might be so yeah we just never know we never know what kind of an impact we're having but i think it it all comes from you know doing things from the heart doing things authentically doing things that are true and good to you
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah each of us yeah yeah. And I think it's important that we don't like create stories around who we're giving to and just give to give, you know, Yeah. and be selfish about it because it feels good to give.
1: It does <laughs> feel good. It does feel good. And that's okay. It's okay that it feels good to give.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I felt oh. good. I, you know, we gave him a six buck. I was like, yeah,
1: feel good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> give him that thousand dollar tip. I feel good. <laughs> yeah. He feels great. I Next feel time. good. <laughs> Next time we'll, we'll work my way up to that. I yeah. Hey man, when I'm making 30,000 a month, like that's, that's going to be like, I could do that once a day. And you know, that's how I'll spend my money. Yeah. But I don't go to a restaurant every day. So, you know, Fine. So yeah.
0: <laughs> you can be specific about it too. You know, people that really want to like, that are not, I don't want to say, I don't know if worthy is a great thing, but you know, somebody that, you know, is really kind-hearted and caring that it's like just mm-hmm. down on their block. Obviously there's people out there that take advantage and, you know, of the system of people. Um, and those are not necessarily the people we want to give back to, but mm-hmm. there's other ways to help those individuals also. But I digress, you know, again, giving back <laughs> the powerful, powerful thing, uh, and, and just such an important message and, and great kind of, uh, theme, you know, in, in today's, episode to talk about this. So I I love that it kind of went in this direction. Um, this was, this was awesome. Awesome. Love it. Um, so as we kind of, um, wrap up a little bit here. So the first thing I love to, to ask, um, my guests is, is there a certain book that you read that had a massive impact on you?
1: Um, Back-to-back back would be uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, it has to be – a lot of people will go with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that's a great one for sure. Definitely recommend it. But the one that really changed my way of thinking about business and money is uh, the Cashflow Quadrant. Mm. That was the one that showed me the difference between self-employed versus business owner.
0: Ah. Uh. Yeah, there's a game, right? Cash flow. The board game. The game, game. cash
1: flow. Yep. There's a board game. Yep.
0: Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki is awesome. That was definitely a mind blowing book when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. But I have not run uh, read back to back. so that's awesome.
1: Yeah, check out Cashflow Quadrant. It'll it'll it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a little bit mind blowing for sure. Love it.
0: Awesome. Uh, and then lastly, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you, get a hold of
1: you? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, If uh, anybody would like to uh, get help with anything that I've talked about, um, First of all, I have a podcast, would love to have people on as a guest, uh, would love to be a guest on your podcast. Um, I do, I I, I have an insurance agency, so, you know, I've got a team of agents that can help you with insurance if you're here in California specifically. Um, And all of that, the best way to get in touch with me is through any of my social media, which you can find me at insurance bro show.
0: Love it. Awesome. James, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, man. It was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. Awesome.
0: And thank you all for listening. Have an amazing rest of your day or night, whenever you're listening. And remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people and if you really really liked it and you think this message could help someone else take a screenshot share it on instagram and please tag me at nick j bonnie n-i-c-k-j-b-o-n-i so i can show my appreciation for you we can all win by helping each other grow thank you take care and i'll talk to you soon